Welcome to KNK's Indie Gaming Corner. I'm your host, Carrington, and I have my lovely co-host here with me who's growing a fantastic mustache for all you video watchers. Kyle. I'm here. I'm here, and I feel like a grown-up guy with uh, whiskers above my upper lip. Because you definitely do have that. And uh, from last recording to this recording, I shaved, so I'm clean-shaven now. <laughs> from from rough to baby face, and from baby face to rough upper lip. <laughs> yes, that is how we roll here. <laughs> um, we have a fantastic show for you lined up today. We're going to talk about some games that we've... A, one, one, one game we've been streaming a little bit. Kyle, I noticed you've been playing it on your your Steam profile. And mm -hmm. one game you actually gifted me and the others are completely brand new to me. And we've yep. got some news ahead of us as well. Let's just jump into it. So first up, we have Vengeful Guardian Moonrider. And Kyle, I, I just mentioned earlier that you gifted me a game. You gifted me Vengeful Guardian mm -hmm. Moonrider. I mm -hmm. am going to say I was surprised, so thank you very much for that. Mm -hmm. Anytime. Uh, so what is Vengeful Guardian Moonrider? Amazing. I don't know. I haven't played it. I haven't touched it yet. <laughs> I haven't touched it yet. But uh, the description is, in the oppressed world of Vengeful Guardian Moonrider, humanity finds an unlikely hero. After building an army of super soldiers as weapons of war, the author authoritarians unwittingly seal their own fates by bringing online the ninja warrior known as Moonrider, conceived as a tool to preserve the totalitarian state. The Moonrider in instead rejects its intended purpose and wages a relentless battle for vengeance against its creators and fellow super soldiers. Wow, that is a mouthful. It is. Um, but it's also a metroidvania which is what drew me to it almost immediately and plus you're a robot ninja what more do you want yeah i think that's that's well that is very well uh worded to put uh yeah that's <laughs> that is a well worded way to put it um character when i saw this game i thought it might be something that we definitely want to check out and share with our listeners and uh, viewers, um, Vengeful Guardian looks like... So when I first saw it, it reminded me of um, uh, a heavily inspired mashup of, like, Contra meets Metroid meets Mega Man X. So there's uh, platforming, uh, some wicked awesome-looking boss fights uh, that, that you encounter in uh, fast-paced combat as well. All 2D... Um, 2D... Uh, style as far as the gameplay goes and i noticed in the trailer itself it's funny because it goes back to like this old vhs style of a uh, presentation for the trailer and then it kicks into the game afterwards definitely definitely 90s nostalgia in the trailer and within the gameplay itself there is a motorcycle level where you're you're um looking at the back end of the ninja as he's fighting on his motorcycle and totally reminds me of those really difficult 2D Contra levels that people, including myself, absolutely get frustrated with. It looks challenging, but it's it looks beautiful in its own way. Absolutely, 100%. It's, it's uh, got some wonderful 2D art. Um, the animation looks fantastic, which is another thing that kind of drew me to it. So I can't wait to dive into it. Um, 
I think right now we're in a um a golden age for 2D games right now because I'm gonna talk about it a little bit later, but in a game we've I've been playing on stream a little bit and I, Another game that I've noticed you've been playing is Zero Sievert. Don't want to get into it yet, but it's just another cool. beautiful 2D gorgeous game. And I think 2D games are just, they're in right now. They're they hot. Are. Very and much the, so. And the, the love and care that um, that the creators show them is just, I got no words. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, it's from Joy Masher, um, Vengeful Guardian Moonrider from Joy Masher. It's available on PC, Switch. PS4 and 5, no Xbox here, unfortunately, which is uh, kind of uh, sad, but who never know in this day we'll and age. We'll see it on there at some point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, I don't know. I can't say too much about it right now, only because I haven't touched it yet. Um, but it looks beautiful, and I cannot wait to, yeah. to dig my teeth. I can't wait to, to see you play it, and I'll, I'll pick it up myself. Uh, you were talking about figuring out what to stream the other night. I thought, well... Maybe maybe you would stream this, but you gotta do another game. Another game I that did. we'll probably talk about here in a little bit too. Absolutely. Oh, I didn't. We should add it on to. I, we should talk about yeah. it right now. Go it's ahead. Not even, yeah. not even on the list. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what to stream. You gifted that to me, and I was like, I'm gonna try this really quick, and that is Dune Spice Wars. Um. Wow. Wow. Um, Does it have anything to do with Spice Girls? It has everything to do with Spice Girls. Okay. Just let you they, know. They run their own factions. Absolutely. Sporty Spice. Yeah, you pick Ginger. Spice Girl. And mm -hmm. then you have to dance battle against everybody. 100%. Yes. <laughs> but Dune Spice Wars is from Shiro Games. It is on PC only. Mm -hmm. um, it's an early access still. It's a real time strategy game. And can I say it's just like the movie and it's just like the book? And that it is a slow start. Wow, okay. it's a slow start, but um, it picks up and it picks up fast. And you you're having to juggle a lot of different concepts the game throws at you at the same time, because um, your resources are very limited. Just like in the world of Dune, you have to balance you know water, spice, Solari, which is your money, um, influence, fuel, manpower. I'm probably forgetting other things mm -hmm. and that's just the, the resources you have to balance. And then you got, you have agents, you have to the, go put on missions. You have your, your military, you got to take care of, you have, you have to watch out for sandworms when you're, you're digging for spice, just like in the, the, the universe. Um, you have the political aspect with the different factions while you're playing as well. Who do you want to be friends with? Who do you want to take out first? It's just a lot going on. You got to vote mm -hmm. on stuff. And at the same time, there's a technology tree. <laughs> it is overwhelming. Yeah, I, I definitely got Civilization vibes when I was watching you play, um, which I, I've never really been into the Civ games, but I feel like this game would definitely stand out to that kind of a crowd. Yes, uh, I, I would say so for sure, because the way trading works, it's very Civ like the... And, and this is real-time strategy because Civ is turn-based, So, but I just want to make that clear mm -hmm. to anyone listening out there. Civilization is turn-based. Dune is real-time. Um, so, But a lot of the same... What's the word I'm looking for? A lot of the same... Mechanics? 
Mechanics, uh, thank you. I thought I had to say mechanics are in Dune, and so it, it's a different feel when you have to deal with things in real time, whether it's trading, um, people trying to attack you, which can happen constantly, um, taking over villages, trying to make them happy. It's, it is a whole, whole, whole deal, and it is, it is so much fun to try and um, balance, and I was shocked. And I'm glad that a viewer of ours, uh, Fairfax, said he had mm-hmm. over 100 hours in the game. So oh, wow. He he, yeah, he helped me a yeah. lot, trying to teach me a lot of the concepts while I was trying to learn at the same time. I, I, I can't wait to dig into it again because as soon as I stopped playing, I was like, I got to play again. I have to play again. So that's, that's Dune. Spice Run? Spice Wars. Spice, Spice Wars. Spice Run is something else. I don't, I don't know. But uh, it's still in early access right now. But mm-hmm. wow. It's it's also winning tons of awards. It was even at the, the Game of the Year Awards as oh. best, I think it was Indie. Oh wow! It didn't win. It didn't win. Right. But it, I think it was listed for in award for a in award at the game of the years, but I can't remember which one it was. But I think it was best indie. So for you, you've read the Dune books, right? The first one, yes. Mm-hmm. You watched the movie. Yep, both of them, the eighties and the most recent one. Does this game? Scratch the the does this does this game scratch the Dune for you as far as jumping into Dune lore? Like, do you find yourself kind of becoming obsessed with it and and enjoying it for the additional uh, the, the lore that you're able to dive into? One hundred percent. Because there's even this game that my brother has. It's a board game. I can't remember what it's called. It's Dune. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't remember what like it's called, but it's Dune, and it's funny how how do I want to word this? I love how Dune is getting a bunch of love in a different aspects, uh, whether mm-hmm. it be uh, movies and now movies, games, games, yep. Um, because the 80s version of the movie did not do the book justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having a way to be able to dive into that world in other aspects, not just through a, uh, the books or um, the movie. Because I even have a couple of the comics as well that are recently coming out. And I, I love the world so much. I find it fascinating. Well, I should definitely dive into that. I have yet to watch the movie or read the book. Cause it's funny because I was actually in stream with uh, your dad was in there, and I, I was, was talking about reading um something like a new book to read, and he, he recommended reading the, the uh, Dune series. I I would highly recommend it. It's it is it's slow at yeah. first, and then it just it just boom it just goes um, because it ha- it explains a lot of like mechanics and concepts of the world to you. Like it mm-hmm. literally explains it to you, and I think the movie, the newer movie, does a good job with that as well. Um, it, mm-hmm. it tries to explain the world to you without trying to be overwhelming. But is the game f- is overwhelming for sure. Is, is it free to play, or did you have to pay for it? Uh, it is on Game Pass. Okay. That's so. That's how I I, I played it. Uh, but okay. If you, if you want it, I think it's twenty dollars right now. Okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. 
the next game I haven't seen um, as of this at recording all? at all. Not even a little. Wow. Okay. Space for the Unbound from Mojikin. Not sure mm-hmm. if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, so I'll read the description. And Kyle, you were definitely put this on the list. And so you can just kind of dive into it if you yeah. want to. So it says, A Space for the Unbound is a slice of adventure game with beautiful pixel art set in the late 90s. Rural Indonesia that tells a story about overcoming anxiety, depression, and the relationship between a boy and a girl with special powers. Yes. So uh, this is a game that um, I had seen the trailer for and I had heard other, other podcast outlets talk about it as well. So I wanted to do a little research on it. And... It is. It is a game with beautiful pixel art. Um, it looks like it has a a story that definitely pulls the player in and, and gets a hold of their attention. Um, from the trailer itself, it looks like you encounter some interesting beasts and monsters, uh, and kind of follow the story of this boy and this girl. It, it, it's absolutely charming looking. Uh, I've heard that there is some pretty crazy twists in the game, and as far as the special powers go, they utilize a book that is able to um, kind of, uh, I don't want to say cast spells on people, but um, allows them to manipulate the I guess the world around them for the better good, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it, it's something to keep on your radar. It it has recently released. It's available on basically everything. And if you're interested into a retro style game with good storytelling, uh, based into based in uh, the '90s rural Indonesia, then I think you should definitely check this out. I'm gonna be picking it up. And um, you know, I feel like <laughs> I feel like stories that revolve around anxiety and depression, but I just somehow. It, it's I don't know, it's it's our it's our, I don't know, we get drawn to that yeah for sure yeah for sure I, I feel like those stories are deeper stories that we get out of video games and I appreciate that a lot so that's that's all I've got to say about it um, as you can see in the trailer it's it's definitely a unique looking game and and an experience that I feel like you uh, the listener the viewer you Carrington you might want to um, take advantage of in 2023 now I do have a question. Okay. Do you think they took inspiration from, I hope I'm saying this right, though, Ico, um, the team that made Shadow of the Colossus? It was their first game. It was about a boy and a girl with special powers. Uh, it's possible. I I know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, But I'm not super familiar with it. Okay. I'm familiar with Shadow of the Colossus, but I've not played Ico, so okay. I can't speak to that. Okay, I was just curious, you know. I'm no. not saying it's a ripoff or anything. I'm just saying inspiration no. because I feel like right. it, it, enough time has definitely passed for people to be inspired by a game like that. Well, you look at it, yeah. Game, I mean, games nowadays have some kind of inspiration from some kind of video game in the past. Mm-hmm. We're at that point with media where something is inspired by something else. And and it feels weird to say this, but Ico I think came out in 2002. It was a I long think? time ago. Was, yeah. yeah, it was a long time ago. PS2 game very much ps2 era so i mean i i i i'm not saying it has to but if it does another itch that it can scratch for sure um but the themes that it it it, it's covering i'm like i have to play yeah i have to play and if it's anything like omari i don't know if i'll enjoy it because omari was too heavy it was too crazy Uh but i'm but 
What was he going to say? Yeah, I heard Am- Amari was quite a bit darker, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, but if, if space for the Unbound is anything like that, I may not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. If it's more like a Celeste or Rhyme, I'll probably enjoy it more. I have a feeling this probably goes into a little bit darker than Celeste and Rhyme. Just from what I've heard. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait. I still can't wait, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. You have to definitely check it out. But since the other previous games are games that you and I, either one of us haven't seen or both of us haven't really seen, the, the, the games that I would run and recommend to you just from hearing other people and, and other people's anticipation then actually looking up the game itself it's like oh that game definitely is something that would speak to me or speak to speak to you carrington so i think our viewers would definitely appreciate it yes and uh my brother introduced it to me <laughs> it is uh zero sievert from cabo studio available only on steam um zero sievert is a tense top-down extraction shooter that challenges you to scavenge a procedurally generated wasteland Loot gear and explore what's left of a devastated world. When the odds are stacked against you, you'll need to do more than just survive. Dun, dun, dun. Um, it's hard. Yeah, it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you've got more time in it than me at the moment. And I, I have played it on stream. This game, so I would say if for any of you out there that know the game Escape from Tarkov, it is pretty much the same premise, only instead of multiplayer, it's single player. And instead of first person, it's a top-down 2D shooter. Um, this game's a lot of fun. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's got that. It, it is very hard. It's very tough. You have to know when you're going to try and shoot something whether it's a a bunny or a deer um for food um because you might alert nearby enemies um mm-hmm. and if you do see a nearby enemy how many are there you you don't know it could be one you don't know. two three yeah. four five you don't know and it, it's very intense also like it, it's from the get-go as soon as you're the game gives you the keys to the car it is intense yeah it when I first laid eyes on, it, I thought two D Fallout, like old school Fallout. Cause Fallout one and two are both, I believe, two D. Mm-hmm. And this game deals with you in a wasteland, fighting um, mutated monsters, wildlife, additional um, soldiers as well, and you're you're trying to survive. And like Carrington said, sometimes you could you, you see one enemy walking around. And then uh, three more come out of nowhere, out of the bushes. And you're just, you're literally just trying to get food, water, um, materials, and stuff to take back to your base so you can continue to build your base into something uh, stronger and, and just learn how to survive and to get the approval of your comrades around you as well so they can put you out on more difficult missions to, to help. Uh, supply your base and it is challenging um it's it's i want to say it's not beautiful it's dark and gritty yeah Yeah. and the sound is incredible Mm -hmm. so it's such a such a great sound design in the game and the animation is really good too it is yeah 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 it's it's uh it's a it's been a fun game so far. I can't wait to dig my teeth more into it, both on and off stream. 
the only problem is it is Steam only. So for those of you out there, maybe if you have a Steam Deck, because I know a lot of people have gotten Steam Decks over the holidays. Um, I know a lot of people did at work, at least where I work. So that maybe that is something you could check out on your Steam Deck. Um, mm -hmm. You don't need an incredibly taxing or you don't need a super high end PC to run it either because it's no. it is two D. You just it, yeah, you just need a, a PC and boom, it runs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really it, it. So this is more I feel like of an original styled game. It is an open open world esque. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe open environment um and i believe technically it's still an early access mm -hmm. yeah so they're still s expect new things but it's not expensive I, I think i got it for 15 yeah 15 bucks sounds yeah. right yeah still an early access there's still zones that you cannot get access to because they're still working on it mm -hmm. but yeah you go you pick up a mission a task from you know, the train conductor or from fellow soldiers to get resources and uh yeah I, there's a, a lot of times let's say i finish it took me probably six times to get through the first mission to yeah. fulfill my first task without yeah, either I, getting killed by radiation killed by a monster killed by wild boars killed by wild wolves killed by uh, other enemies yeah it's it's it it's frustrating but it's rewarding too and can I say just when you have a group of like soldiers to go up against, yeah, they're hard and they're scary uh, in a way that you know they're they're surprisingly very accurate no matter what weapon they're using. So you got to be just yeah. as accurate. Slingshot, they nail you right in the head. <laughs> Absolutely, every time. But wolves are scary. They're ruthless because as soon as oh, you yeah. see them, they're attacking you. Yeah, they they don't care. Same with boars. Yeah. Yeah, I had a boar charge me across the map, and he he struck me once with his horn, and I went down. Reset, had to reset the mission again. And and I will say that that is something I do like about the game. So let's say you spent, and you have some some gear and stuff, and you die, it kind of resets you before you set out, so that mm -hmm. way you don't have to worry about saving. Yeah, you do lose what you have, obviously, because you died out in the wilderness, but it doesn't reset you so far back. It doesn't, you don't lose resources that you had used either, like med kits, um, food that you have to eat, because you have to make sure you're hydrated, to make sure that you're well fed, you have to make sure that you're not tired, so you sleep, and you also have to make sure that you are not fatigued, so you have to have plenty of energy. Or, no, no, no. A radiation that, is the fourth thing. Radiation is the fourth one, yeah. So you have to make sure your radiation levels are down. Yeah. You talk, talk about a, a, resource management and and all that stuff it's just wow uh but yeah. it's fun I, you know i didn't because a lot of the games that my brother plays i i'm just not good at and so i just mm -hmm. don't feel like i'm having fun i have fun with zero sievert though yeah yeah i am excited to see what comes with the full launch with this and welcome back we, what do we do during our breaks kyle we just chit chat a little bit for a second hydrate Get ready for the next segments and collect ourselves. What's that? We yeah, collect ourselves. We, yeah, we collect yeah. ourselves. We collect Just ourselves. Just have like a little refresh. Like, all right, this is what we're going to talk about. And then sometimes we do talk about it and sometimes we don't talk about it. But you'll and never know. Exactly. Because it's hidden from prying eyes. Yes. But I will say what's not hidden is a new power wash 
DLC <laughs> lets you clean Laura Croft's mansion. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. So have you played Power Wash Sim? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. We, uh, Phil the Chef played it one day. We played it for two, three hours one night. Yeah. It is the most satisfyingly boring game I've ever played. <laughs> that is that is very accurate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's uh I, I think it's funny that it has got traction and, and people are enjoying it. And I love the fact that people are, are enjoying it uh, because it, it is a different game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for anybody that has an OCD the OCD about cleaning stuff, this definitely scratches that itch. But when I saw that you could clean Lord Croft's mansion, I was like, let's go. Get me in there. Let me clean that mansion off. Let me train on her her course that she has out back. Her, 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 you know, that ninja warrior course that she has out back that you can do flips and stuff on. And let me trap that butler in the freezer because <laughs> it's what I'm here for. And they better have the butler walking around that house. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll riot. Yes. Yes. When I read this uh, as a headline, I'm like, no, really? Really? I guess I got to play again. Yeah. Definitely going to have to re-download that. So I thought that was pretty sweet news. I don't know when the release is for that, or maybe it's already released. So I apologize for not putting that in there. But keep your eye out. If it's not out now, it's going to be out in the future. You're going to be able to clean Laura Croft's house. And that's all that matters. That is all that matters. And the fact that it's uh, an IP that they were able to include, I think, speaks volumes. What else are you going to clean next? The Millennium Falcon? Oh, uh, Ooh, I, that's I, actually I, really good. I didn't think about I that. Know. Like, what things can you clean? <laughs> Millennium Falcon. Because the, the first Death mission... Death Star. Gives, well, it was the first mission it gives you is to clean a van. I'm like, right. what vehicle would be cool to clean? The Falcon would be cool to clean. Yep. <sighs> wow. Wow. Okay. The sky... Is the limit, my friend. I, I like to think about that, yeah. And if you have any great ideas of what Power Wash Sim should do next, hit us up. We would love to hear you. your ideas. The pyramids in Egypt. <laughs> they, they do need a cleaning. You know, it's probably very dusty. They're centuries uh-huh. old at this point. <laughs> uh-huh. um, here's something that I think you and I both uh, are looking forward to. It's kind of shocking as well that Session... The skateboarding game is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Pre-orders yes. are available now. Yes, that was uh, Creature uh, Studios released that fine information today. I am interested in seeing how it will run on the Switch. If I remember Session correctly, I have a decent PC, and it doesn't run super well on my PC. Like, it runs, but I wouldn't say it's a consistent frame rate. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's a little 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 buggy, little glitchy at times, but I mean, I love the game. I love I the game. Yeah, love it. If yeah. devs are, play, are listening, I love the game. I'm not just yeah. saying that. I really truly enjoy the game. It scratches an itch that we need in the gaming space right now, in the gaming world. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It'll be interesting to see how it runs on the Switch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All the more power. It's like when Tony Hawk's Pro Skater went from PlayStation 1 to Nintendo 64. You're like, where's half the audio tracks on here? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or half the game. (laughs) Yeah, or half the game. Yeah. 
Um, here's one that I love and I wish I had just money to just spend, you know? You know when you see something like, I, I wish if I just had a million dollars, this is the, these are the things I would spend money on. There's a stray travel cat backpack available for $140. And yes, you heard me right. It is a stray cat backpack. So it's a backpack where you can put your cat in it. <laughs> Here's a picture for you. We'll just let you look at that. Yeah, I have no words for it. It's hilarious. And uh, it's it's colorful. And the cat looks somewhat uh, terrified slash somewhat um, uh, curious as to what's going on in the outside world. I believe it has a harness on it to where it won't hop out because I feel like cats could jump out of that fairly easy. And you can zip it up and you can put then the cat can look outside this little astronaut bubble. I think that is awesome. And I think that is a thing that's becoming a thing because I know of a guy I used to work with who has a cat and he bought a cat backpack to take it outside. So I think it's a thing that's becoming more popular for some reason. It probably is. I think people are becoming more and more in love with cats. Yes. I, if I can have a cat, I would totally have one right now. My landlord yeah. does not allow pets, though, so... What a jerk. Oh, sorry. Uh... <laughs> um, here's some sad news that's happened very, very mm -hmm. recently. Um, Microsoft laid off 10,000 people today, and part of that staff... I don't know how the whole breakdown works at the moment, but I know one-third of 343's studios, which is the Halo team, got laid mm -hmm. off today. So one-third of that team got that's, laid off today. That's a, that's a huge Devastating. Yeah. yeah. That's abs that's awful news. And uh, I, I love seeing um, companies like Bungie step up and uh, post that, you know, hey, we're hiring. Here, send your applications here. I saw a couple posts like that on Twitter today after seeing the mega loss of uh, these layoffs. It's It's awful. And it makes you worry about the future of of game companies and and um, uh, what these big, you know, these big AAA companies, you know, can do. It, it's it's such a sad thing to see. At the flip side, and I hope this doesn't come across as insensitive. I hate seeing that these people are have lost their jobs, obviously, um, but maybe. A couple will be inspired to create their own studios, possibly. I don't think that's a, a, a bad thought because honestly, at the end of the day, it's a lose lose situation for right. for all of us. Uh, as you know, you you have a lot of people that lost their jobs, they're probably providing for their families, right? And, and for us as consumers and as gamer gaming fans, um, the quality may not be there, or the we might see more delays um, with games that are coming out soon. I think it's just, it's just a lose-lose all around. Um, right. no, one, no one wins in this situation, and I really hate to see it. Um, and, you know, it makes you wonder, because Microsoft's also trying to buy out Activision's right, Blizzard. Blizzard. So yeah. why, they, how can they afford to buy a brand new big company like that and then lay off some people? Lay off all these people, yeah. Raises some eyebrows. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely hopefully, does. Hopefully those 10,000 people find new homes and who knows, maybe they'll form new indie studios for us with, with for, and they'll bring us fresh new ideas to, to fresh new content. Ideas. Yeah. And they would definitely be supported and loved by the community. Guaranteed. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Another sad thing, but I don't think anyone is surprised by this sad thing. <laughs> Uh, Google Stadia shut down uh, technically two days ago. Mm -hmm. This week. This week, yeah. So today, we were recording this on the 19th of January. It supposedly shut down on the 17th of January. I did see some people were still able to access and play their games through the server. So I don't know if it's officially shut down even yet. Maybe it was delayed. I know it shut down this week, and I could have sworn it was the 17th. Um, let me just double check. You, you're probably right. I just saw a couple things on Twitter. So like, I'm still playing Stadia today, but I don't know if I don't think it's everyone's experience right now, though. Shut down on the 18th. So, so I yesterday. apologize for that one day. Yeah, that one day delay there. But yeah, I don't know if, if you saw. I, I on Twitter I saw that Rockstar sent a YouTuber a care package because YouTubers spent thousands of hours playing Red Dead Redemption Two, and for them to lose all that progress and all that time. I mean, that's, that's sad, but in all fairness, it's, it's nice that they were able to send them a care package and same with the death. There was a destiny two character or player that had lost. Um, they couldn't, for some reason they were not able to transfer the character, the saves or anything to another, another platform, another system. It was only on the Google stadium. And they were going to lose all their progress on there. Could you imagine? Cause you and I both, and you spent more time playing destiny, but there was a phase where we went through, played the taken King in the beginning of destiny Two. spent tons of hours playing that game. Could you imagine just, well, we're shutting down service here and you can't move your, your character. I would be devastated. Yeah. Even I have not played Destiny two in probably six to eight months because I I try and just boot it up and just play for a little bit every once in a while. Right. Even then, I may not play it a lot, but if I lost all my stuff, I would be devastated. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. something like Red Dead Redemption two. Just and here's the thing, because you're probably listening, going, "Well, it's Google Stadia. You know, you they right. should have known." But I know people that have Stadia's or had them um, because they don't have a beefy PC. They don't have a console. And that was like the next best thing. That was, that was their was, thing. Yeah. And to get into it was a hundred bucks. Like, I, yeah, why wouldn't they? It, and it's, you know, sure, the majority of people think boo Google Stadia. But there are those people out there that loved it, that enjoyed mm -hmm. playing it. And so I feel for those people. I really do feel for them at the fact that their system is gone so it'd be like be like oh the xbox is shutting down mm -hmm. i prefer xbox over playstation i prefer it over switch that's my go-to but if it was shut down i mean i would i would be devastated i would be upset over it so I, I definitely feel bad for the people that paid more attention to the stadia than than other consoles and i hope that they're able to find another uh outlet of gate for gaming and uh, able to either find a new game that they love, maybe an indie game that you've not played since Red Dead and Destiny both are not indie games, you know. But uh, I'm just saying, you know. I'm just saying, you could. Xbox has cloud gaming, and it, 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 it they do it really well. 
<laughs> Kyle, your face. It's uh, it's not great. It's not bad, but it's not great. I, 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 it, it works well for me in the situations I need it for. How's that? Yeah, that's good. That is well put. Um, we just want to give a quick shout out though to a fan of ours who uh, commented on one of our videos over on YouTube. Twelfth Supernova Beepo said, "Still listening to the first episode, but I wanted to mention that." Gree is actually on sale right now for 424 in the eShop. That plus the praise you gave it convinced me to buy it. Well, well, I hope I hope you enjoy it because I did as well. Uh, even though it was a very, very short experience, I probably beat it in about two hours. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience still to go through. It, it was also 424. What, what did I say? For two hours. For two hours. No, no, no. Yeah. You said it oh, right. Yeah. For, okay. for two hours. You know what costs more than four twenty four, and you enjoy in twenty minutes? What's that? Starbucks coffee. True. Or do you, you know, know? Go ahead. It, it costs you roughly ten to twelve dollars to enjoy Avatar, and that's exactly. three hours. Exactly. So you're getting you're getting a good deal in Twelfth uh, Supernova Beepo. We appreciate you. So much, and I hope that you enjoy Gree. Gree. That's how that's, I believe that's how you pronounce it. I believe. Hope, I believe it is. It's reassuring, Carrington. It, it, for me, it's reassuring to know like people are actually like t they're taking our they're taking our suggestions. Mm -hmm. I love it, it's and great. I and I feel like if you have an appreciation for good art, good music, and um, a unique gameplay then you'll be in for a treat for a lot of the games that we talk about. 100%. I I, I think I gifted Greed to a couple people on my Steam library. I'm like, because I think that they would enjoy it as well. And it's mm -hmm. just a game. I remember hearing that game. Uh, I think Kyle Hillier mentioned it on Game Informer. Probably. Uh, on their podcast when he was, well, he's working there now again, right? Right, he's back. Yeah, this is before he left <laughs> the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to put that, but yeah, it was a while ago. Because I think it's 2019 it came out or something like that. So, um, it's it's an older, uh, now it's, you know, older air quotes. Um, but it's worth it. Yeah, very much so. So, for our discussion, we kind of circle back to Stadia really quick. With the Stadia going offline and people losing their, their data and save progress, do we need to rethink, basically, digital games versus physical? That's a good question. Um, mm -hmm. My, I'd say 95% of my library is digital at the moment. I... I'm probably right there with you. The only physical games that I own are for the Nintendo Switch, and that's like five yep. games. Yep. Because they hold their value. They hold their value. Yep. And, and I mean, I would say still most of my games on Switch are still digital, but it's because uh, it's a great indie haven. And most of the games is. Won't, ha won't have physical releases because it costs a lot of money to go physical. Yeah. Um... That's a good question, Kyle. That's a very good question. I'm, so how's this? Let me put this out there real quick. PC has been digital since basically since Steam came out. Mid-2000s, I'd say. 
mid to late two thousands. And so my PC library has been one hundred percent library since well, my digital. Has, yeah, thank you. My PC library has been one hundred percent digital since then. Mm-hmm. I think in that time frame, maybe two or three games have been left behind in the dust. Um, one of those being, I can't remember Cliff Blazinski's game that he his last game that he made. I can't remember what it is. The guy who made um Gears of War. He had a game on he created his own indie company, made a game, it lasted maybe a year and then shut down the servers. Can't help you with that one. Sorry. Yeah, it's it it was it was it wasn't bad. It was just high skill, high learning curve. Um that's the only one that jumps to mind on Steam that I own and I cannot play. And it's sitting in my Steam library and I can't, if I install it, I wouldn't be able to play it. Uh, um, I th- yeah. I, I think my concern is with this uh, is what if Steam shuts down? Don't you say those words. What, what if Steam goes bankrupt? No! And they shut down because you can't. If Steam's gone, you can't play any of the games you've purchased. I mean, they can be downloaded to your computer, but you need to be logged on to Steam to play it. Yep, yep. You know what games you can play forever? Super Mario Brothers for the original Nintendo. You are correct. Mario Kart for the Nintendo 64. You are Gold, uh, Goldeneye for the 64. Mm-hmm. Legend of Dragon for PS1. You can go back and play those games anytime you want. And that's why I think physical copies, they hold value and they, I believe, are still very important. Are they convenient? No. No, because they can break. And there's pros and cons to physical as well. Like, they can break, they can get scratched, um, and eventually you got to find another copy somehow sometimes um you know um yeah but, but you can still well can still... i guess with older cartridges i guess you you lose your save progress but when it, yeah yeah i guess you you deal with um mechanical malfunctions yeah so th- there are pros and cons to, to both for sure oh man I, I and it's 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 really like a weird situation to be in at the moment too if you own physical if you own a switch you own a physical you own the game i will say that right um because you don't have to worry about anything but if it's at this point if it's xbox or playstation and you buy physical it still downloads a copy it's you're right. basically buying a disc to confirm that you own the copy right and i think that's dumb that's stupid it is for sure yeah it it, it is stupid um I guess where I was kind of getting with this is do we need to see more companies pushing their physical copies of their games? Now, I know you've got companies like Limited Run Games where they they do with indie games. And I understand not everybody can afford to do that. And it's easier just to do a digital game. And I understand for indie games smaller companies I, I totally get that 
but if you have the means to make a physical copy, I feel like you sh- you should. I feel like as a some sort of preservation or backup situation right. for sure. Um, because I do own two digital games on Xbox, which are now available, but they were gone for a while. And that those were Too Human and Lost Odyssey on Xbox. Bought those games mm. digital due to licensing rights. They were left away. And then within... It was basically right before COVID, both those games became available again. And I got to enjoy them again. So mm-hmm. there is a possibility, even like bigger, well-known games... Because uh, both those games are made by bigger studios that they can still disappear. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I remember it's the Lost Odyssey physical edition. My buddy had it for the original Xbox, and always thought the game looked stunning when it came out originally. I love that game. I love it's a Japanese RPG. It, the story's really well done. It the graphics actually still hold up. Um, yeah. And. Good luck finding a physical copy now, though. I think resale value, you're looking at 80 to $100. Pricey. Yeah. That's pricey. And, and that's that's another thing um, that if, say, you bought a game when it first came out, it was, say, it was $40 when you bought it, and it broke or you lost it or what have you. Good luck finding another copy yeah. for a reasonable price. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. You, you, yeah, that's definitely a good point. That does that, certainly that's not the case for everything, but you know, for certain games, that is definitely the case. I just I worry about the day the day w- if it happens in my lifetime uh, when the eShop shuts down or the uh, Xbox Live Shop shuts down or Steam shuts down. It's like, well, I've got all these games. I've got you know, at least 500 games across all platforms. That mm-hmm. at least 500. I have 700 that could alone on Steam. On Steam, yeah. I know you Steam. got quite quite a big library, but like, that's a lot of money gone. Yeah. Imagine your backlog getting wiped. I do know for sure. Like, as far as Nintendo's concerned, Wii Shop, the Wii Shop. I can't remember what it's called. The shop for the Wii, that's gone. Um, mm-hmm. The shop for the Wii U, gone. And I did own some of those games. And I'm like, uh, I can never. If I were, to, if I wanted to, if I if I wanted to boot those games up again that nope. I owned, can't do it. Can't nope. do it. And those those nope. those, they're gone. I, I, they're gone. And I will say, I think if I remember correctly. I only it was mostly indie titles that I owned digitally on those consoles. Everything mm-hmm. I owned pretty much was physical at the time still cuz I was still physical at the time. Yeah. So, I don't know, I, listeners, viewers, let us know. What do you think? Do you think that uh, there should be more love and respect for physical games or do you just not care and you just you want to see more digital uh games and and you're going to continue to build your digital collection up? I'd like to know that. I would like to know that as well. I was burned by physical, so I'm I'm trying to be digital where I can. Right. More, it's more environmental friendly. That too. I, yeah. So I, let me just tell the story real quick, and then we can end it. This okay. is why I was burned on physical. This is just my experience. Take it for what you will. 
Um, Halo 5 came out. I'm going to play Halo 5. Let's go. I bought it physical because I would like any games that I, I want to keep forever. I want to buy physical. So I bought Halo 5. Day of release, it came out. Got home. Opened the bag. It was sitting on my doorstep waiting for me. Opened the, the packaging. Opened it up. Popped it in. Because everyone was playing Halo 5 and I had to download a digital copy, even though I owned a physical copy, still took six hours to download. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody else had theirs downloaded. Yep. If, if you owned yeah. a digital copy, I mean, like, I if you put it digital, yeah, if you put it digital, you had it ready to go. You were already playing. I believe that was trending in the time when that happened as far as why did I buy this if I still have to download this? Mm -hmm. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. So, but that's just me, my experience. Your mileage will vary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's a sucky situation. And with that, we leave you with our thoughts. We would love to hear yours. Reach out to us on any of the social media. We are at KK Indie Gaming on Twitter and Instagram. That's where we're most active. We have other social medias as well, but we will see you. If you tweet at us, if you comment on something or DM us uh, on Instagram or Twitter, that's like I said, that is where we are most active. That's what we pay attention to the most. Um, Kyle, do you have anything else before we go? Uh, no. <laughs> and you guys have a fantastic day. Bye.